Welcome into episode 72 of the Pegasus podcast presented by Night Sports Now. I am Bailey Adams and I'm joined as always by Christian Simmons. You can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22 at by CA Simmons and go ahead and throw us a follow at Night Sports Now while you're there. Wow, is there just nothing going on right now? I don't know about you, but Twitter's been college football. Twitter's been very active for me the last couple of days. So. For, for, college football Twitter is always active for you. If you don't, relate. if you don't feel like it, if you don't feel like it's active for you, you could just tweet anything, and then and that's what I did last night. And here we are, twenty four hours later. And Cincinnati fans still won't shut the hell up. So, what a time to be me. Which I want to point out. Well, getting this into tweet, I want to point out. I've been in fights with Cincinnati fans for like literally going on like twenty four hours now, and it's I didn't even start like it, it started with Jeff Sharon who like was like i can't believe that ucf fans don't love desmond ritter and i was like that's certainly a thing to tweet so i had to respond to that and then cincinnati fans found you had you well i texted you last night because i i tweeted it at jeff and it was meant for jeff but i quote tweeted him so anyone could see it and i like i like suddenly was getting all these replies from cincinnati fans and after like an hour i'm like how are these people finding this and i went and looked and i texted you i was like oh a dude with like twelve thousand followers quote tweeted me and i missed it with things that were like objectively false which we'll get into in Tweet of the Week. It yeah. was, it was, he runs the, that guy runs the Bearcat, Bearcat or something, which is the Bearcats 247 site. Wow. Feel bad for them. Um, which Bill, our Cincinnati friend Bill, just tweeted at me now that I should think about following Chad, Chad Brendel, um, who called me stupid last night. So I don't know if I'm going <laughs> to, something to think about. Don't know if I'm going to give Chad a follow. But, something uh, to think about. You know, it's, that was certainly a suggestion. Also, of course, like this is a conversation exclusively for UCF fans who are on Twitter, but I feel like that's a lot of our listeners. I, whoever that night griller dude is, like I don't know what the hell that account is, but I blocked him forever ago. I feel like most people have, but he's in the mix, and like all the Cincinnati fans are like, "This is what UCF fans are," and I'm like, "Please don't take night griller guy and think that's what UCF." No, no, fans there's are. it's just there, there's a, a small minority of people that are making it like actively make ucf fans look bad and there's just there's people like that in every fan base but it's funny because like the people if you're going after a fan base you're going to ignore the fact that your fan base has those people too it's well, yeah. so like cincinnati fans obviously have those people they're gonna be like wow see like this is why ucf fans are horrible just do some do some reflection and i've said i like how we're just basically opening with tweet of the week now yeah. but don't worry I mean, we can't no we'll, we'll end with it but I, i've said this before on the podcast and i know it sounds mean but it is so very true like i you, you, if you follow me on twitter we talk about the podcast like i fight with like all the fan bases like if there is a sports argument to be had involving ucf i've had it miami florida florida state alabama purdue if it's out there i'm in the middle of it and I, there are no fans worse than cincinnati fans i mean just truly like such a high ratio and I know, I know that like i'm not I'm, I'm not trying to generalize because every fan base has people like that but like cincinnati has such a high ratio of just truly like really really annoying people it's it's certainly something to have to deal with them on twitter but yeah so it's been a fun day it's funny because like you, you say oh like my call my twitter like college football twitter has been very active i'm like i think i would rather it, there be nothing going on like i said at the top of the podcast than be in your situation where just well, there's a reason these fights break out in May, because like, let's trace it to the root. Like nothing's going on. College football is dead. And then Def, Sher- Def Sharon and then Jeff Sharon is like, hey, why don't you see fans love Desmond Ritter? <laughs> and then it goes from there. Yeah. Def wow. Sharon. That's like his that's like his burner. <laughs> Def Leopard. <laughs> um, oh, what a start. We're off to a great start. But yeah, since there's nothing really going on, that's like super pertinent right now. It seems like a good time to revisit one of our earlier podcasts, which we, we didn't realize, like, I, I know I didn't realize how long ago this was, where we talked about UCF's non-conference scheduling approach and 
um, you know, we did some dream opponents that we would want to like have UCF schedule. That was episode seven of the podcast. And so that was, that was what that was an ape last April, no last March. I very few of you who are listening now were listening to us then. That was episode yeah. seven. It was we posted that March fifth of twenty twenty one. Wow, that's it's a long time ago. But that, the good thing is like that we're revisiting this now, not just because there's nothing else to do, but like a lot has changed since then. A, a, a lot has changed since then. What do you mean? So uh, UCF going to the Big Twelves, maybe the one small fact. Um, but that that literally just that can change. We we talked about it. We've kind of hinted at it and on other podcasts, but talked about how I think you, you more so have a clearer idea of how you think UCF should schedule once they get to the big 12. Um, and they're going to have to schedule differently too, because there's going to be nine conference games as opposed to eight. And there's just a lot going on. So we're basically, we're going to, this podcast is going to be about, you know, the adjustments or the changes to UCF's approach to scheduling non-conference games. Cause there's still a lot of work to, to be done there. Cause again, Danny White left UCF and, quite the situation with that um but then we're going to go toward the end of this we're going to talk about more opponents that we'd like to see ucf schedule kind of an updated list and we're leaving out all of the schools that we talked about or all the programs we talked about last year and we'll get to those because some of those Bailey's really dog is having yeah, a Selena's, night. Selena's having a night <laughs> sometimes she just like sometimes she's dead quiet the whole time i go out there and i'm like great job Selena. you were so good today and then sometimes she just doesn't care about getting that you know, I can hear someone shushing her too. After no, it's my part. dad. It's absolutely my dad. It's been um, fantastic yeah. audio quality. This is this is the content you all come to the Pegasus podcast for. So. Hey, why not? But yeah, I mean, so what what do you think? We've talked about it a little bit, but UCF having to schedule three non-conference games rather than four once they get to the Big 12. And obviously the Big 12 schedule, the conference schedule itself is going to be tougher than it is in the AAC. So what are your kind of, what are your general thoughts on how UCF should go about getting teams on their schedule well i took a bunch of flack from everyone last year because i've always been of the opinion that ucf should schedule light i've always felt that way and my reasoning was that i don't think like i I, like ucf like had their best seasons from playing two like mid-tier power five teams like i always said like i don't think like and i'll still stand by this like i don't see the point of scheduling ohio state or like alabama because you're not going to win like just be realistic for a second you're not going to win And so I've always been on the lighter side of scheduling now that they're going to the big 12, I'm on steroids on that tape. Like let's (laughs) schedule nobody. Let's play Northern Illinois every season. No, but like, seriously. So I was thinking about this, a every indication so far has been that the big 12 is going to stay at nine games. I don't know why I've never heard of a 12 team conference playing nine games. And personally, I think it's really not beneficial for the conference. I think you're setting your champ up to like almost always have two losses, which if the playoff doesn't expand, it's just not helpful, but the reason that like the big 12 is so tough, in my opinion, tougher than the ACC or PAC 12. And like, I know everyone's like, Oh, but like literally just think about it. There is a single team in the big 12. That's a guaranteed win most of the time. And that's Kansas. That is it. Like, look at the ACC. Like if you're like, if UCF had joined the ACC instead of the big 12, they could reasonably count on every single year that like Syracuse, Duke, Boston college, Georgia tech, like most of the time, those are all give me games. If UCF, for some reason, was invited to the Pac-12, you've got Arizona, Oregon State, Cal, Colorado. You got there are a bunch of them. And then the Big 12, you don't. I, I was looking up some stats. So nine of the 12 teams that will make up the Big New 12 have finished ranked at least once in the past five years. Eight of the 12 have won a BCS or New Year's Six Bowl at some point in their history. And every single one of them except Kansas finished with a, with a winning record in either 2021 or 2020. There's no off games in the, in the league. 
and you have to play nine games apparently. So like, why would you schedule hard at all? Like, why would you're already at minimum going to play nine power five teams? Why? Like the whole thing, like UCF has some years coming up just because they schedule years out, obviously, where they have like two non-con power five teams on the schedule. And I'm like, those years are going to suck. Like you're just setting yourself up for disappointment. You don't want to play 11 power five teams. and No one does that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm of the same opinion. I, I don't think it's, it's going to be a good thing or it would be uh, smart to stay with that two power fives and well, I don't want a group of five or an FCS. I think, I don't know. I, we, do you think, are you saying like don't schedule power fives or do you think like one power five? So my, my, my whole idea was, or my whole thinking was one power five, not necessarily a top tier power five, maybe some years we get a kickoff game or something. That'd be fun, but a power five, a group of five, and then an FCS. That I don't, would seem, I don't ever, and this is where fans are going to disagree with me, but I'm right. I don't ever want to see UCF play a top tier power five team again out of conference. I don't what think do you there's say top any tier? What, when you that. say top tier, well, who, who's in that though? Like a, a team that is regularly in the top 15. Okay. And certainly not a team that's regularly in the top five. I, ha- I have absolutely no interest in seeing UCF play Alabama or Ohio State or someone of that caliber. Because why? Fair. You're going to yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think it was, the interesting thing about that is we talked about, I mean, you had the same, you've been very consistent with this. We talked about this on episode seven, you know, 14 months ago, whatever it was. Um, you said like what there's no point in scheduling Alabama, Ohio state. I think at the time you threw Clemson in there, but I did, I don't think Clemson is really, I think we've seen since then, like, I don't know. I, we'll, we might talk about Clemson later. Um, All right, here we're, we'll just update it to current college football. No, Georgia. We'll throw Georgia, no, Georgia. no Alabama, okay, yeah. no Ohio state, no Georgia. <laughs> Fair. I mean, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. And I don't know one. I don't think, well, <laughs> I say I don't think you're going to get those teams really on the schedule. I mean, UCF has gotten Ohio State on the schedule before, like years ago. And yeah, when UCF, it was a single buy game, and UCF and was a UCF, conference USA team, uh, has supposedly been in in contact with Alabama about a game. So I was going to say, oh, it's not like they could get a game, but I mean, they may be talking about yeah, it. I don't for know. some reason, there's consistently for like a year now, like occasionally, there's noise on that. That's got to stop, like. <laughs> Terry, if you're listening, I'm sure Gus is the one pushing this. You need to sit him down and have an intervention. And explain that that is a bad idea. Hey, but Gus, Gus can beat Nick Saban. Gus can beat Nick Saban with a roster almost entirely of five stars and four stars. That's so. for UCF's head. Okay. All right. And you know what? <laughs> if we want to put Bam on the schedule for 2029 after Nick Saban retires, I'm on board. That's what I was just going to say. Sign if they're going to do it, if they're going to do it, just wait. Just wait. See, kind of get somebody in, in, in Nick Saban's office to kind of, you know, have a, have a sense of when he's going to retire and then be like, get His that person on the inside. 2028. I want to okay. open with Bama 2029. I want the new coach's first game to be UCF. That's what I want. That's when I'll play Alabama. Fine, yeah, I mean, I, I do if, think, I think Malzahn well, no, really wants to play that, Alabama. Though. Why do you not know about that? Because that's still going to be a bunch of big players that Saban recruited. Not so. necessarily with the way the transfer portal works. No, now. That's fair, but I mean, it's Alabama. I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting because he's, They've been Alabama, like Alabama. They've been so good for so long, but like, it's, is it just Nick Saban? I mean, they won like many national titles yeah. before Nick Saban. No, I know that. I'm just saying like in general, because before Saban got there, like they hadn't, they'd been down for a little while. They'd, they'd had been, they'd been up and down for the better part of like 15 yeah. years. So I like, guess not like they were powerhouse Alabama. Yeah, but you, like, I don't know, like, obviously once Saban retires, welcome everybody to the Crimson Tide podcast. Um, Obviously once Saban retires, they're not going to be like as good, but like, I feel like they're never, I don't think they're going to go back to like, having three and four win seasons every now and then like no. they used to yeah I, I i don't know it's just it i can't even imagine it's so weird because they've gotten been so good for so long now i just can't even imagine like an eight and four alabama i mean they've been the king of the sport for what like 15 years now that's a really like l- recruits whole lives alabama has been the best team in college football so i don't, I don't think that dies with saban not that saban's dying when he retires <laughs> i don't think that retires with nick saban 
But I think for yeah. Gus, like I just like there's it's no secret Gus has had more success against Saban than anybody in yeah. the whole world. Like you know, not just coaches, but like in you know real life and everything. I mean, I think I think <laughs> Gus just by far has the most success against Saban. So I think Gus just like is convinced he can do that at UCF. And like my counter to that would be like I don't believe you. Cause I just don't buy it. I mean, the example I used in our last podcast was that, you know, because we were coming off the 2020 season, Texas A&M went nine and one that year or 10 and one and finished number four. Their one loss was to Alabama. And they lost by like 30. Like It's just, everyone loses to Alabama and that's fine. But why should UCF line up to be the next team to lose to Alabama? For the banter. It's not like, no, <laughs> no. Stupid. No, that's so, the thing but, is it's, it's interesting though. Cause like, I don't know. I'm, I would. I think we talked about this last time. I'd be interested to talk to like an AD or talk to a coach about like what their what goes into them like figuring out who they want to schedule because I, I think, think for a lot Mahadra of coaches, at this point, what goes into it is like no, is just, anyone available? are you available? Yeah. yeah, like that's it. But I think if you're Gus and I think if you're most coaches, you're gonna say like I want to challenge. Like, I want my team to play a challenging schedule. Like, I want to play a, a good team. Like he said it last year in his press conference when he got the job. He's like, we'll play anybody anywhere. We'll play in a parking lot. I, so I'm I'm, I think that the I think I, that's like following up on that. I think that the AD and the coach probably have not. I'm not talking about UCF, but just in general, probably have different yeah. opinions on that because I do think coaches tend to want to challenge themselves and you know like want to play the best teams. And I think an AD is like, hey, we need to like I need to like not have to fire you when you go it's five and so, seven. You know, it's so much different in football too because you talk to I me. Mean, we we heard it at the Charge On Tour last year. You talk to any of the UCF, like other UCF coaches and they're talking about how like loaded they like, they like to make their non-conference. They want to like, they want to challenge their team in non-conference play and get them ready for the conference season. But in football, there's 12 games and your season can be like your larger season can be made or made or broken by your non-conference schedule. Well, yeah, but no, so, like, I, it's, it's there's, so there's 12 games. Every game matters a ton. Yeah. Um, so do you want, just, do you know what UCF's non-conference schedule is for 2023, their first year in the big 12 um, and next look, season guys? I, I know it, but I don't remember it. I know Boise State's on it. It's at Boise State, Kent State, and a to-be-determined FCS. That is like chef's kiss to me. That is perfect. Like Two it. group of five teams and an FCS team. Like, give me more of that. <laughs> I'm this serious, guys. so interesting. I'm so curious because now we're going to go into, you know, who we want to see them schedule. I'm so curious because I didn't, like – I'm going to, spoiler alert, mine are still power five teams, but they're not like – Oh, okay. I wouldn't say they're top – yours not – not all of mine are. Okay. I'm that's why I'm curious to see how this goes. So do you want to just get into that now? I'll list off who we can't we can't pick. Yeah, I could keep taking more like more shots at people who think UCF should schedule tough, but we, we'll keep doing that through this conversation. So <laughs> let's do it. I just so, need to say one more time really quickly. I seriously don't understand why the Big 12 is going to stay at nine games. I feel like that's for a league where every team is, is like there's no other than Kansas, all the teams are more or less equal in program stature. Why you would force them all to play one extra game against each other, I don't understand. Part of the reason the Pac 12 has had so much trouble getting back on the national stage of college football. Oregon has to play everybody. You know, USC yeah. has to play everybody. And I don't get why the Big 12 apparently is going to intentionally do that. So hopefully that ends up not being true. Or my theory is still they're going to add two other teams and stay at 14 after Texas and Oklahoma leave. So that's what I think the motivation is, but we'll see. Anyway, let's do it. So last year on episode seven, last March, we picked um, Miami. Well, you said Miami. I think we both actually, we both had Miami. We Sorry. both had Miami. We both yep. had Miami. Um, so they're off limits. These are all teams that are off limits. I picked Wisconsin. If you want to know why for any of these, go back and listen to it. It's it's evergreen kind of, not really, but it'll be fun to listen to. Um, a lot's changed in a year. You picked LSU. Uh, I picked Tennessee. I picked LSU? Yeah. 
Why didn't I pick LSU? We talked about this earlier. Yeah, we did. You're right. I just <laughs> Bailey. So Bailey grew up an LSU fan. So I just assumed when I saw the list that he picked LSU. But no, I, and I said last year I don't want UCF to play LSU because I just prefer not to root against LSU. Ever. I re-listened to that podcast this morning to get ready for this, and I don't even remember what I gave for reasons <laughs> of why I wanted UCF to play LSU. But whatever. So then, okay. so then I picked Tennessee. Obvious reasons. You said Florida, which hey, since then worked out. UCF has scheduled a series of Florida. We spent a good chunk of that podcast talking about how awesome and like life altering it would be if UCF beat Florida. And the fact that that happened like nine months after that podcast is just <laughs> so great. So much fun. And there's a it series is. on the book. Yeah. And then uh, for some honorable mentions, you said Purdue for your, your space, uh, space game. Yep. Hate. Legitimate I space said, versus fake space. I said Orkin. Orkin. <laughs> that's the, that's the like uh, termite people. Okay. That's a termite. That's a termite company. Certainly <laughs> not a college football team. I picked Oregon. I don't know why that happened. I picked Oregon. You said Army and Rutgers as yeah. like a Knights trophy. Like a Knights trophy. All the Knights. Just still isn't a bad idea. I really like that idea. I listen. Um, I, I I would legit, especially in the Big Twelve now. Give me Army and Rutgers every year. Let's and do it. And then, in my infinite wisdom, my, one of my also one of my honorable mentions was Georgia, just because why not. I still don't know why. You, okay, <laughs> sure. All right, let's get let's get into our. So, did we decide that we're not doing any repeats? Yeah, we're not doing any repeats. Okay, I actually don't like. That's fine. I mean, I don't. Obviously, Florida, they did. Yeah, I, I don't still think feel I was going to repeat anyway. I still no. I would have repeated Miami if I could. Oh, that's true. Yeah, but yeah. that's it. The other one. And I still no. stick to. It would be pretty cool if they played Wisconsin. Yeah. Okay. So, like another tangible quick. Why does everyone want to play Wisconsin? What is that about? I don't, I don't know. I just it's not Wisconsin. just a you thing. Like everyone's like, ah, oh, Camp Randall. It's you know they jump. Like it's, yeah, okay, cool. It's jump around versus uh, Zombie Nation. Yeah, I don't think we're winning that one. But no, we're not. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I just I like I don't really feel like going to rural Midwest cities. Glad that I said that, given what one of my teams is. But anyway, all right, let's just get into it. <laughs> all right, you uh, you want to kick us off? Uh sure. I guess I'll all just right. go with that one. Um, Nebraska. Okay. Wow. I almost I thought about it. But this isn't like, a Scott Frost thing. This is not a Scott. Yeah. Frost thing. I just thought like, well, I wasn't going to pick it as a Scott Frosting either because I, like, I don't think he's going to be there for more than like another year. <laughs> so I just, I, once that was gone, I was like, eh, I don't really have any curiosity about it. So it. It seems like the era we're moving into in college football is that like, I know the term power five is a thing. And I know that we as UCF fans are very much hoping it will remain a thing. Um, but it seems like there's going to be a tier within that where the big 10 and SEC are going to kind of be you know, just with the way the money's going to shake out and with the way the talent kind of already shakes out. I mean, look at the NFL draft picks from this past, you know, or look at anything, look at your top 25 teams each year, you know, the SEC and big 10, and then there's going to be a middle class of the PAC 12, ACC, big, big 12. And I'm like, who can we beat from the big 10 that like, I'm not even worried about, but is also kind of a brand and easily Nebraska, like UCF (laughs) will roll into like an 80,000 person stadium and beat them by 30 because they're terrible at football and have no prospect of getting good again. But their logo is well known. So, like, I think Nebraska is like a home run non-conference game. That's an interesting one, especially because, like, yeah, I just can't. It's, it's so crazy because I thought, like, when Frost left, I was like, all right. I mean, he was riding high, and I was like, all right, former player. I think maybe, like, he could get it going. He has done nothing there. And if he gets – like, when he gets fired, who who's going to make them better? Well, like, that's – I think that's why they're afraid back? to fire him because I feel like their take is, like, if Scott Frost, like the son of Nebraska – can't get it going here can anyone and the answer is no i they they should be better than they are i mean nebraska should be able to win eight games but they're i mean they're never going to be anything remotely resembling what they were in the 90s again yeah it's it's but they have that brand power and people think they're blue blood so sign me up 
I kind of have that like similar vibe with some of the teams I picked, although they they're actually on a completely different level than Nebraska because they've actually been good somewhat recently. I know you're gonna just absolutely hate my list. Oh, good. Um, but th- I'll start with this one because I think this one's like my most interesting, and I don't know if you'll hate this one so much. I got Florida State. I have Florida State. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that's interesting. We can talk. We're talking about that one now. Good. We because... just cut five minutes off the podcast because we have the same one. <laughs> that's what we did last year with Miami. Um. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Florida State is like on that same similar vibe where like they're not they're not the Florida State they were in like the what mid 2010s or early 2010s, mid 2010s. And they're not the Florida State they were from 1990 to 2015. Yeah, they're just they're just not good anymore. But like it's one of those things where it's it's gives UCF one and gives UCF another chance to kind of assert itself in the state's pecking order. And I think like it's already that's the thing. It's already widely like if you're smart, you think, yeah, it's I mean at the top right now it's Florida and UCF, or it's UCF and Florida, I should say. Um, but you ask any FSU fan, you ask any other state of Florida team fan, they're gonna say it's still Florida State, still above UCF, even though there's no reason to believe that. But that's just how that's just how people but they're think. never gonna I mean UCF beat Florida and Florida fans are still like, well, you know, right. Right. We were but really think, bad. It's like, well, yeah, that's the point. You're really bad. But that's the thing. It's it's different because that was in a bowl game, I guess, in that they, they have that built-in excuse. But like if if you go if you go to Dope Campbell Stadium in the middle in the beginning of the season and you play them and you beat them, what like what is the excuse there? Like, oh, we're bad this year. Yeah, you're bad every year. Like what what are you gonna say? Like, oh yeah, sorry we didn't beat you at your peak. We didn't play you at your peak. Oh, they'll say that. You know? They'll come Yeah, up but it's just it's just so you. dumb because like how is that a defense? Or it's like, oh, well, yeah, we're really bad. So you, congrats for beating us. Like, I mean, yeah, UCF beat Boise State and Boise State fans were like, well, our wide receiver played sparingly in the second half. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, 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 they're always going to come with excuses. But listen, ex- Florida fans made all kinds of excuses and that didn't stop, you know, UCF from getting a huge brand boost from that and signing a top 300 player and signing another former four-star now who said that he picked UCF because they beat Florida. I mean, <laughs> my, my take is like literally like that game, like I, it opened my eyes to the potential of, I guess I just hadn't really thought about it because it never happened for UCF how important it is and how and how valuable it is to be on the field playing and beating the other teams of your state. So like, yeah, sign me up for Florida State. I don't like Florida State should get better. I don't think they're going to yeah, be. No, like I think they will a five or six win team for. But we I said this briefly in the last podcast. I don't buy, like. I think once you're down for five years, you're down. Like I don't think Florida State's going to go back to being you know unless they get like what's his face or something. But unless they're going to be like. I don't know because that's the thing is is the ACC is so weak so it could be a thing where like they do kind of get back up to being like a the top of the ACC pretty regularly. Yeah, but what is the top of the ACC equal but, now? Yeah, Getting exactly. killed by Bam on the first round of the playoff? Like, <laughs> exactly. that, is that being back for them? They're used to national championships, and I mean, I I just and they don't have some of the inherent NIL advantages that the other Florida teams do. Obviously, they still have more money than UCF, but they're not as rich as people think they are. That's always been a misconception of Florida State, and. Uh, the other misconception of Florida State is yeah, they're in Florida, but like Tallahassee is far as hell from everything. And yeah. they there is not a Part natural reason I didn't want to go there. I, I considered you... Florida State, but I was like, I don't want to make that drive all the time. I don't know if I've said this on the podcast. I came very close to going to Florida State. I almost picked the beautiful campus, best campus in the state. Love it. But actually, you yeah. know what? <laughs> don't want to drive five hours to a very dumb small town. Um, no offense to any Tallahassee residents who are listening to the podcast. I'm sorry that I pointed out that your town sucks. Um, it's true though, but anyway. I, I just, they don't have that, like, you know, like UCF is in the middle of central Florida. There's players everywhere. Gus talks about yeah. the six hour radius. It's like Florida state has a six hour radius too, but there's nothing in the first four hours of that radius. Yeah. So it is a little tougher for them. And, and, and like I said, I think they'll get back, but I actually like, I think that like, 
is probably going to age badly. We'll see. Like, I think at any point in the next decade, unless something dramatically changes, which it will, because look at how different things were a decade ago. Like, I think any UCF Florida State meeting could go, could go either way. And yeah. I think if you schedule a series, I think that series probably gets split. And I think UCF gains more from that than FSU does. So to me, it's worth That's it. fair. Yeah. And I just think it would be such a fun, like, consider consider the atmosphere of Florida State coming to the bounce house and then consider the atmosphere also of like UCF going to Tallahassee and like what kind of atmosphere that would be in that. It's nice. Like I love the stadium. I've been there multiple times. It's a great atmosphere for a game day. Like going there, UCF, I'm sure would have a good contingent there. Like it would be, it would be fun. Look at the atmosphere when UCF and Florida played in a neutral site stadium in Tampa, yeah. they got 65,000 people there and it was electric. Like yeah. I, 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 Florida, it's cra- this crazy notion of college football. We've all forgotten and the new conference and the giant TV payouts. It's like, Oh wow. Yeah. No, it's cool. When teams that are in the same state play each other, like just yeah. do that more. Yeah, I would totally only, for Florida State. The only thing, and I'll we've been talking a lot about this, but I guess it makes sense since we both had it. So this is just one that doesn't feel that realistic because I was like looking at like the way they schedule and stuff, and obviously they have their game with Florida every year. And as far as outside of outside of the Florida game, like they just don't schedule Power Five teams That's other than UCF other than doing. Notre Dame. Um, their last they non- don't, but they don't schedule Notre Dame. Notre Dame had they have to play Notre Dame. Do they have to? Yeah. The Notre Why? Dame has a rotating ACC schedule. Is they that what to, it is? They play five ACC opponents each year. The ACC opponents don't have any say. Well, then, yeah, there you go. Then then this is the, la- the last time they played a Power 5 home game was in 2011 against Oklahoma. The last time they went on the road was, uh, was Oklahoma in 2010. Mm. So that was <laughs> over a decade ago. Well, I've got so it. it. Gus goes on like... Twitter and goes, hey, cowards. <laughs> I think there should be more of that. I think there should think, be too. I think there should be more of that. Honestly, like we've talked like briefly mentioned about it, about it before I'm into professional wrestling. And that's the thing is like when you watch professional wrestling or like, it's even with UFC, any kind of fight, like you call a guy out when you want to fight him, and they're like, Oh, I can't, I can't not respond. And Listen, that's what, I, think I have the that. playbook right here. When in, in like 12, not 12 months in like nine months when Norvell's been fired following a five and seven season and Deion Sanders has hired as head coach, <laughs> Gus goes on Twitter and says, Hey coward. You think Deion Sanders is going to let you call him a coward? No there will chance. Be a, he will be mic- breaking up the schedule so that they're playing in the opener of the 2023 season. Like, so there my you alter- go. There's your my win. alternate proposal is UCF plans a charge on tour in Tallahassee and like makes a huge deal out of it. And like, as Gus Malzahn just run off at the mouth about how horrible Florida state is and how, how much UCF has taken, like taken off above them. Let's plan just... it for UCF's bye week in the season while Florida state has a home game and just set up a tent outside the stadium <laughs> and be like, why UCF is better. And like Gus can be handing out pamphlets. Prove me so. wrong. It's like the, it's like the guy with the, um, yeah, really <laughs> that that's uh that's funny. He'll have, you know, he'll have little transfer pamphlets out for players and students. Like want to come to UCF? We have a lazy river. Yeah. Hopefully we will by then. I like it um all right so that was my first one and you and your second one so should i go again okay wait so no i think i should go again right okay then go again because i gave nebraska and then you gave florida state oh but then i gave florida state too yeah so it's your turn i, I guess <laughs> okay go ahead so this is your um, second right yeah yeah so it's fine because then i'll go then you'll go. okay yeah this is another fun one auburn let's do no it. nah let's do it gus Why? revenge game no, why? Why? What is okay? Who Peach has the gain from that? Who has Gus. the gain from that? UCF for Auburn. We're not doing a Gus revenge match. Sure, we are. What is the point of that? What is the point of playing that game? Auburn's another. another Auburn's an SEC team that, in any given year, may or may not like, is pretty beatable. You know, most years I'd say they're they're decently beatable, especially right now. 
And if UCF beats Auburn in the regular season, because that's the thing is people were like, no, Auburn didn't want to be there. They play in the regular season. That whole excuse should get eliminated. And it's just more of a, it's another, you know, it's another big game that you're scheduling that you have a chance to win that I think means something if you win it. I, um, I mean, I don't disagree, but like, no, <laughs> like, no, I want it. I want it. And they like Auburn schedules, Auburn does schedule some power five, um, some power five games. Like they play at home this year against Penn state. They played at Penn state last year. Um, so yeah, I mean, it'll be, it would be, I don't think it would ever happen, but it'd be interesting. And they played the UCF and Auburn have played before other than the peach bowl. Yeah. I'm aware so, they have, but yeah, I, I didn't, didn't think go, it didn't happened. go well, but I it's think like it'll, 20 go, years I ago, think it'll go better now. I just don't. Okay. I don't want to play any more SEC teams. I'll just say it. I don't want, I don't want to play any more SEC teams in the regular season because I think the SEC teams are like already a have all the talent. And I think that NIL plus Texas and Oklahoma is just going to increase that. I don't want to play SEC teams anymore. Why do it? <laughs> You're going to love my, my third one, but oh, all right. Let's get you so, you. so you like the Florida State one. We matched up on that. You didn't like the Auburn one, but you're not going to like the next one either. But go ahead. Give me your third one. Oh, I, I, I thought you were just going to like go. Um, no, not yet. All right. My third one, <laughs> uh, USF. I almost did that. I want to keep playing USF. I almost, it's fun. I, I, I think I, I, well, I didn't keep it, but I wrote it out of my notes and said USF. And I just was my thing. First thing, my first sentence was, selfishly i just want the war on i4 to continue and then i just stopped writing about it because i was like whatever i don't feel like i need to really do this i kind of thought you might do it but why do we have to talk ourselves into that we don't want to keep playing a rivalry like you can hate usf their fans suck and their program's a dumpster fire i want to keep playing them they're ucf's rival and there's no there's not ever going to be a comparable rivalry like ucf and cincinnati can play it up i've played a role in that UCF will find some team they randomly hate in the Big 12. Like, I'm sure three years from now we'll be like, ah, those stupid horn Frogs or something. But it's still, West Virginia. Well, West Virginia fans are a, a lot, so exactly. that wouldn't surprise me. There you, you go. Know, it's like you are very boastful for a Two program. Two fan that, bases that are a lot. It's like imagine only ever being good when you had seven other teams in your conference and half of them were UConn, Syracuse, and Pitt. <laughs> and thinking that you're like a power and, and also you are in a state that I don't even know if most people realize exists. So, you know, like good for you, but anyway, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. They'll find someone. It's still never going to be USF. USF, UCF and USF are meant to be rivals. They were put on this earth to hate each other. And it's dumb that they're not going to play anymore. And it's dumb that every time it gets brought up Terry Mahajer, he's like, well, that's not a priority. Why is it not a priority? <laughs> Why Terry? I think it's not a priority just because of the way USF schedule currently is set up. Like there's not any openings anytime soon. But so it's like saying like, all right, he's been asked. Okay. But like, what about down the road? He's like, Oh, that's down the road. Like, like, why can't you just, and we haven't even talked about other sports. We don't even know if they're still going to play in basketball or softball or baseball. It would make no, it would make no sense if they didn't. I don't, I wouldn't, it wouldn't make any sense because we pull the same bullshit that they did. And excuse me, I cursed. All right. We'll put the explicit tag on this in the early (laughs) two thousands where that we go to the bigger conference and we're like, you know, we're just done with USF. We're not associates anymore. We're going to go be a rival with Miami. How did that work out for USF? Did that work well for them? <laughs> hey, this is actually, this is a good, uh, this is a good preview of a potential uh, podcast topic that we're going to talk about at some point this summer. Yeah, maybe. We probably should. If I, I can mean, calm it, down we've... long enough to do the whole podcast on that topic, we'll do it. <laughs> we want to do a USF centric podcast, which should be interesting. Yeah, that I think saying that everyone listening right now is like oh why no don't do that <laughs> so we'll see we're kind of we're taking the temperature on that i guess right now but um yeah 
it, it would be uh, I, I'd be I don't understand why they wouldn't why they wouldn't keep it going and I know like I assume that's why he says like oh it's not a priority because he's got so many other games and so many other openings that he has to fill for now which he's I mean I guess they're I'm sure he's working on it they just haven't announced anything in forever um, but we'll see I, I think it should be something that happens in the future but I guess I understand why he's not focusing on it now All right, so wrapping up with my third team, which I, I just already know you're not going to like it. And this is actually kind Can't of wait. interesting. This is going to be an interesting one, I think, because there's like a caveat. Um, it's going to be Texas, but post Big 12 departure, because like obviously you could get scheduled against them anyway. Actually, I just, I'm going to talk myself out of this, I think, because if UCF gets scheduled, <laughs> if UCF gets scheduled to play Texas next year, then this kills everything. I don't really want it anymore. Good thing I have, I, I do have a backup. Let's go to the backup. I just need that from my perspective. You said Texas. Now, no, never. <laughs> well, I thought about it, and then I was like, well, I guess if they get scheduled to play each other, what's the point of playing them again after they go to the SEC? I don't know if they would end up playing Texas, because I think if they stay in the league, because I feel like all of the uh, the eight from the original Big 12 are, like, really eager to have a goodbye with Texas, so I feel like they would all take priority. But I Maybe, think yeah. Texas would be fine to get Kansas off the schedule, but swap someone else in there but all right well give me your backup we don't have to talk about the very short-lived texas suggestion it would have been fun but whatever uh clemson i've mentioned them earlier now i'm having to go to my emergency backup that i was just going to mention as an honorable mention it's even worse than texas i know it is worse than texas that's why i wanted to do texas i wasn't going to do clemson because it's the same thing we're like they have one down year and now you're like okay man i don't know also their down year was 10 and 3 and they finished in the top 10 and 3 yes yeah, I don't care. <laughs> UCF UCF's about to be back up. It's about to be back up. No, I don't know. It would just be one of those things for like years down the line. This is actually actually this is why I did this because it would be years down the line when UCF's philosophy of embracing NIL has paid off and Dabo's philosophy of rejecting it has done damage. Then just take advantage of that. That's that's where you uh, reap it, the benefits. It would be years down the line where the best NIL UCF can still offer is that Gus will wear your T-shirt and Clemson <laughs> has fired Dabo and hired someone who is just <laughs> flat out paying players. So yeah, that'll go great. Yeah, no, it would. Um, I don't know. It's just we talked about it a little bit on the podcast, not a ton, but like, is Clemson again? Is Clemson gonna, is like are they actually a dynasty? Are they going to be a powerhouse? So like, are they going to stick here, to that? Because what we just said about FSU, like yeah, they're going to be top of the ACC. Are they going to be? Clemson of a few years ago, or are they going to be more of like Clemson from this past year where they were still good, but a beatable team that will lost three games. Here's why this was dumb of you. Because <laughs> as I said on like one or two podcasts ago, like I, I no, I think, I think Clemson's probably done. I could be wrong. They could go win the national championship, national championship this year, but everything's trending the wrong direction for them. Dabo's not adapting. They just lost, I think both their coordinators and Dabo has never at like replaced staff before they kept the same staff together this whole run. So they're in like a tough spot. And my thing is last year when it became evident very early on that they were not good, they were ceased to be talked about. They just completely evaporated from the national discussion. And that's so different from other like quote unquote dynasty teams. Like Nebraska has been bad for 20 years and we still constantly talk about Nebraska on a national level, still talk about FSU, you know, and talk about USC, talk about Texas. And the fact that because Clemson's not a true blue blood, and I don't think that's a thing that should matter, but it clearly does because three games into them not being typical Clemson, they just weren't part of the discussion anymore. So I don't know what the upside is for scheduling Clemson seven years down the line. They either don't fall off and UCF gets killed, or they did fall off, and it's no no different than scheduling like Virginia Tech or something. Yeah, but like seeing UCF play in Clemson Stadium, wouldn't that be bizarre? 
Why are you so hung up on like the, oh, but imagine UCF playing in the state. I've, yeah, we've fun. seen it. They played there before. It'd be fun. They almost yeah, won. But like, but this version of UCF has not played there. This version like, of UCF would lose by more than the last version did. No, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm like, I guess we have completely different ideas. Of, I'm, I, I want to see UCF, like obviously want to see UCF continue to build and continue to build, but I want to see them play like, really good teams and like have these even like that's thing even if it's in a kickoff game like i would like to see ucf in a kickoff game every couple of years every few years like i don't know i just i think there's matchups that i'm in more in it more for the fun not you know are they going to win or lose like what is it going to matter what's the impact going to be i think it would be a fun this fun series no i just i, just I, mean, I understand agree. i, I understand agree. why <laughs> i understand why you feel the way just schedule the teams that you're going to beat and if you have no if you have nothing to gain don't schedule it i get that and to an extent i agree but also it's fun if ucf like you have to look at it this way if they play nine games or do i 12, have to look at it this way you have to it's the only way to look at it because <laughs> i'm saying it if they do stick with a nine game slate for a 12 team league like i think that the vast majority of the time to even win the league you're going to have two losses and if you put Clemson at a conference or someone of that caliber, you're capping your season at nine and three. You're capping it at nine and three. And that matters. So no, I don't buy that. I also think that one thing that we didn't talk about at all, which maybe we should have, is like all of the destinations suck in the new Big 12. Like, I don't know, like literally all of them. It's quite bad. Like, like UCF Orlando is actually probably the best destination. Maybe like that or something. You don't want to go City. to Morgantown? As much as I want to go to Stillwater. <laughs> or Ames, Iowa, or I don't even know. I mean, the only big cities are the most recent teams. Lubbock. Houston, TCU, Lubbock. Yeah, I've been very close to Lubbock, actually. Interesting. When uh, our friend Evan lived in Amarillo, Texas. Oh, yeah. I went to visit him, and that I, I am not built for small-town living. I was there for 36 <laughs> hours, and I wanted to die. So That's... it was bad. A horrible <laughs> small town. Like, small towns are not my thing, man. They had Cadillac Ranch, though, which which was just a bunch of, like, Cadillac cars half buried in the ground. And, and there's just spray paint cans lying around. You just pick them up and start spray painting on the cars. That sounds cool. Yeah, Rihanna went. It was on Instagram. But anyway, Evan was very <laughs> excited because he was like, look, someone's he like, heard of Amarillo. Oh, okay. No, it wasn't it was. like Rihanna's here. He was like, he, he sent it and was like, look, like Amarillo. Oh but anyway, that was a weird tangent. But all, all that to say, like, should we do we look at this totally wrong? Should like the non-conference thing be based just off of like giving fans cool places to go to since they're not gonna have that in conference? Yes. Okay. Let's go all right. Hawaii. Well, let's do cool places. Let's so Hawaii. Hawaii. That's no, the 20 hour plane flight is not cool. Okay, but it's in Hawaii. Okay. All right. Okay, take, okay. But there is, take. Okay, BYU though. Salt Lake City is really cool. And and like just the they're well, I'm even thinking of their baseball stadium. But their, their baseball football, football stadium, stadium has, a, has a nice. Their football stadium has a nice backdrop too, doesn't it? Yeah, Bailey. How far do you think the baseball stadium is from the football stadium? I mean, yeah, but it could be completely. It could be turned. <laughs> you know how way. big man- mountains are. Mountains. Mountains are. I can't speak <laughs> on this podcast. We got Jeff Sharon and we got Manson. It's been a rough episode. And, what I say, and you Oregon, said something. I said Oregon, Oregon instead of Oregon. Yeah. Welcome everyone to the Pegasus Podcast where we can't speak. All right. Well, let's do. All right. Let's do some. What are some like cool destination ones? I'm vetoing Hawaii because I like. What is interesting about Hawaii? It's beaches. There's beaches everywhere. Yeah, Why do people like, want to go to beautiful Hawaii? Beautiful beaches. There's beautiful beaches all over the place. Yeah, it's different though. And they're not 20 um, hour plane flights away. Hmm. Miami. What's good? Like LA. I don't like LA, but some people do. USC. No, UCLA. Yeah, like UCLA. UCLA. Let's do this right. The one, the one that has LA <laughs> in the name. No, the one that is going to be easier to beat. Um, Let's stick with UCLA. Uh, Washington. Okay. Seattle's cool. Boston College. Not Washington State, which I learned a few days ago is in Idaho. 
It's not actually in Idaho. It's in Washington, oh. but it's like like on the border. What did you? I say? wouldn't really. I said Boston College. I wouldn't really care. I don't like. I don't like the, the city of Boston. I've never been there. But is I don't Boston really, College I don't really in care. Boston? Oh wait, is it not? I guess it would be off of its name. I don't know. I don't think it, where, all right, or it's probably near Boston at least. Let's look it up. Might not be. USF where is, is Boston College? It could be as close to Boston as USF is to South Florida. It's in Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts. So I what guess is not. Chestnut Hill? Where is I have Chestnut no idea. Hill? All right, hold on. I'm looking at a map of <laughs> Massachusetts. Oh, Chestnut is... Hill's like right there. Okay, well then, yeah, fine. It's in Boston. It's across the Boston is on the other side of the Chestnut Hill Reservoir Lake. I'm trying. I guess to think it's not now. a lake; it's a reservoir. What are other like? What are other good destination places that like people? Well, let's care just about? think of cities we want to Vegas? go to. And... I don't really care to go to Vegas. Isn't Northern like... Illinois really close to Chicago? I think so. I think it is. Vegas. Yeah. There's no team in Vegas. Yeah, there is. UNLV. My bad. Yeah. Sorry, uh, Red Raiders, I think that's your name. Or Rebels. One of them. One of those are names. I think it's the Rebels. Um, I think it's the Rebels. Okay. Yeah, Red Raiders um, is in UCF's new conference. Uh, what else? Texas. Austin is cool. Austin is yeah. currently a cool city. Yeah. This is, this is such bad podcasting. We're just listing off like schools and cities. Yeah, we didn't come that's prepared for this part of it. But like, and I honestly do like, do you think that that matters to Mahadra at all? Like, no, you know, no, no, no. I'm that's why I'm looking at it as like as a fan, like I would enjoy going to a game, a UCF game at the fake Death Valley at Clemson's Death Valley. Okay, like, I think but, that would be cool. But the same thing with Wisconsin. Was last we year. are diehards. Most yeah. people aren't diehards. Even most people who travel aren't diehards. And more of them would rather have a cool vacation than be like, I went to the second best Death Valley. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. You say no. I honestly do think this is something 80s think about. I actually you really think so. Do. Yeah, because I think that because it's about selling selling their away allotment and not it's having about, to give the away allotment. It's back. about selling your program. I mean, you pro- yeah. especially if you're a larger program, you have alumni bases in big UCF cities and you want to well. engage them. UCF does travel well. But part of the reason UCF travels well is because there's 339,000 living alumni and they're freaking everywhere. <laughs> so true. some of it's traveling and some of it's in a lot of AAC teams are in big cities. And if you're in a big city, there's bound to be at least 100 or 200 UCF fans there. Vanderbilt. What Nashville? You... People love Nashville. Is Vanderbilt in Nashville? Isn't it? Is it? This is great. This is the worst that. podcast we've ever done. No, this it's amazing. Like Everybody loves the this. barrel. We're just thinking out loud. Where, yeah, it's where in Nashville. Nashville. I had no idea Vanderbilt yeah. was in Nashville. You knew it was in Tennessee, though. I knew it was in Tennessee. Okay. <laughs> Nashville's hometown team. Who would have thought? Nashville. Yeah, I'd go to Nashville. I don't want to go to Nashville. That's too south for me. Um, um, yeah. All right. Let's go. We got to stop with just naming random cities. Tallahassee. No. Go watch a fan you game. <laughs> I hear Starkville, Mississippi is beautiful. I heard they call it Stark Vegas for a reason. And I don't know what that reason is, but do they actually? I, I people have called that all the time. And I don't really know why. What, where do you land on the Mississippi rivalry? Which one do you like more? Ole Miss. Okay. I don't know why. Maybe because. Coach O coached there, and then now Lane Kiffin's there. And Lane yeah, and he Kiffin's loved it there. They have very pleasing. I, I like Ole Miss because like uh, I like Ole Miss because they have very pleasing colors. I can't ever like. I don't think I, I don't think anything can change my love of Lane Kiffin anymore. Ever since he tweeted but, you, was that where that yeah. started? Because he tweeted at you. No, I, I don't know if you talk about this on the that. podcast, but just for reference, like years ago, like right after we started Night Sports, now Bailey was playing NCAA twelve or something. Yeah. And you, it was when it was when Lane Kiffin was the coach at FAU, and you, um, no, I was the coach at FAU. Oh yeah, he was the coach at FAU. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> Lane Kiffin game. was the coach at FAU in real life, and Bailey played a video game where he made himself the coach of FAU, and he beat Bama, and he tweeted, "I hope at Lane Kiffin is proud of me." And Lane quote tweeted and said, "I am." 
And that was like the happiest to this day, the happiest I've ever seen Bailey. We made a shirt of the tweet and got it yeah. for him for his birthday. It was yeah. So, yeah. Still have it. It's in my, my drawer. I was looking at yesterday. All right. We should go Let's to the see. news because this is Let's off do the rails. It. <laughs> Let's do it. All of our podcasts are off the rails. Our podcast lives off the rails. There are no rails. Um, football news. There's actually a lot more than there typically would be, I think, in May. Well, that's good. But UCF hired Clayton Gethers as its assistant director of personnel and assistant DBs coach, which love I that. Love. I always love when former players are like, are hired. What was it the other day? There's was it an LSU player? Somebody somebody hired a player to fill a role as like the the alumni director, like the alumni outreach person. It was LSU. Was like, they hired a yeah. former player for that, which I yeah. thought was, really oh, it was Nick Rosette. Yeah. So I think like it's just one of those things where like it's it's smart, and I just love when former players like if Mackenzie Milton stuck around and was on the staff or in any way. Just yeah, I love that kind of stuff. Um, some recruiting stuff and actually some some transfer portal stuff. Then we'll get into the recruiting stuff. But UCF added another linebacker since the last time we had a podcast in the transfer portal, former UAB All-American Chris Mole, who um, we talked about on the podcast because you referenced that, art- that article in The Athletic about him where he kind of just got stuck in the transfer portal because he only wanted to go power five. And then that like – Yeah, he, he didn't, get, he didn't go, give – He was going to go Louisville. Yeah. And then Louisville was like, we're going in a different direction. And then he didn't give it, like he hadn't given any of the other schools enough attention. So when he started calling those teams, they were like, oh, we already moved on. And UCF was one of those teams, <laughs> but now UCF. Well, and then since then we've heard that it was more like UCF saying, hey, we don't really have a spot right now, but yeah. like stay tuned. Cause I'm sure they knew that players were going to transfer after spring, but that's a like huge addition for a couple of reasons. One, I think that he's really freaking good. Like I think he's going to he start like- immediately. Means, yeah. He's starting. I think he has like possibly best player on defense potential good. I think he can yeah. be great. And second, now UCF can actually like put physically put three linebackers on the field at the same time. Yeah. And that's really cool <laughs> because, you know, you kind of have to do that as a football team. So that's yeah. exciting. Um, UCF also offered Brandon Jennings, who we've also talked about on the podcast in the last couple of weeks. He's a former four star who played at Maryland with Terrence Lewis. Terrence Lewis um, is best friend. Yeah. And then, um, didn't you say that? And you're like, I don't know if they're actually best friends. Yeah, but then they are. They tweeted, oh, they one, saying, one of them tweeted friends. that they were best friends. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, yeah. And then he transferred to Kansas State this offseason and, and just didn't mesh there and, and, and ended up in the transfer portal again. So, you know, I'm just all for UCF just adding more and more linebackers. I don't even care. Like, I don't even care if you can play at this point. Like, just are you a living yeah. human? Like, and come on in, like, be a linebacker. Yeah. Man, I actually do feel a lot better about things now. There's still one injury away too. from that position being doomed. But if they bring in Brandon Jennings, I'll feel a little better. Yeah, me too. Um, let's go ahead and let's skip to the recruiting stuff while we're, while we're on the uh, topic of player acquisition. Uh, UCF is in the top five for Caleb Cost, who's a two-sport athlete, is a DB and a baseball player. Um, and in his top five, it's UCF, Mississippi State, Georgia Tech, North Carolina, and Pitt. And then they're also in the top five for Malik Bryant, which is a big one, the nation's number two linebacker for 2023. And they're joined in the top five by Florida, USC, Alabama, and Miami. Like I am all for those... UCF scheduling non-conference all of Caleb Cost's offers and none of Malik Bryant's offers. <laughs> That's where I stand on that. Well, I already scheduled one of Malik Bryant's offers, so. Well, and I'm okay with that one. But, yeah. You know. Yeah, I, I don't, like, UCF's not going to actually get Malik Bryant, but, like, being even, like, seemingly, like, legitimately in the conversation, and he had some very glowing things to say about UCF we've seen before on social, how much he loves T-Will. That's, it, that in itself pays dividends. But, you know, yeah. like, other recruits see that. And if UCF by some incredible impossible fluke did land him, which like I said, I really truly do not think is happening, but if it did, that's like a, that's like a program changer. I mean, that is a, he's a player. So he's, you know, I mean, obviously top 300 number. He's two more than top 300. Yeah. <laughs> he's like top 30. I mean, he's, he's, in, he's insane. I think he's top um, 40 right now. We fell a little bit, but 
still very very good um some other stuff some sort some of the swords awards for uh that's hard to say swords i thought it was is it is it sword i thought it was sword awards i thought it was swords either way whatever it is uh some of the football (laughs) ones that were taken home mikey keen was named the freshman of the year alex ward was the scholar athlete of the year and ucf's gasparilla bowl win against florida was moment of the year um and then some ucf in the nfl news can i I talk about the sword awards really quick? yeah go ahead i have a couple questions um one who decides the sword awards I, I was wondering that too because I really want to know. I'm going to tweet. About I'm going to tweet at Mahatma and ask him. He might. He'll you know. He'll he'll refer you to somebody at Jimmy else. Skiles. Any yeah. word on this? <laughs> Can you check um, into this? And my second question is: I believe Coach of the Year was Cindy Malone. Yeah, I don't disagree with, but that was certainly going to be Abe before she left. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. I think they should have kept it as Abe and nailed her a sword award. I think that would have been way more funny. It would have been. I mean, I think it would have been like. I, I think that's what it. I don't know. It's weird. I want. I just. I want to know who like decides it and like what's the criteria because if, if Abe didn't win it because she's not a UCF coach anymore, then like I guess that makes sense. But she was during the season that these awards were being awarded for. I don't think this is. These are like made up school awards. I don't think there's like any prestigious or rules or anything. Sure, there is. You know, I really it's don't think sword, there are. Or swords awards. I don't know what it is. All right, I, I'm gonna get on Twitter after this. I'm gonna outsource this and ask UCF fans if anyone knows how the sword awards are decided. That would be great. I would love it if you did that. Um, And then, so the UCF and the NFL stuff, uh, Kalia Davis was drafted in the sixth round by the 49ers. It was 220th overall. I'm just so happy to see him get a chance. And I was, it was interesting. I, uh, Mel Kuyper, right right after the selection was like talking about how good he is and was saying basically before his injury last year, he was probably going to be a guy that was going to be like at the top of this defensive lineman class and like was going to be a second or a second or third round pick before that injury which makes the injury like it just makes it suck even more but well i don't like that he kind of got hit with because when kalia was healthy he was the best player in ucf's defense that wasn't even like up for debate and the problem is when you you when you frame it like something first off i'm thrilled he got drafted i was worried ucf did not get shut out that allowed me to make fun of usf for going four straight years now without a player drafted but you look at like he kind of got dinged with at one point during that Mel Kuyper thing they mentioned oh but like can he stay healthy it's like okay but he was healthy in 2020 he just opted out like it's yeah not he like, was healthy in 2019 it was just last year it's they always it was do one that, injury with, I mean we're talking about one injury so uh, it's just it sucks that, that you, he kind of have, because of the opt-out year got nailed with that label of like injury prone even yeah. though he's actually only had one serious injury so yeah but then uh undrafted free agent wise uh cole schneider went to the packers brandon johnson to the broncos marcus tatum to the jaguars and big cat bryant to the cowboys um so good to see those guys getting an opportunity at least Did marcus tatum go to ucf yeah i just asked because both nights 247 and the ucf sports illustrated site broke down articles of the undrafted free agents and neither of them mentioned or included marcus tatum <laughs> so i don't Seems know odd. i was just curious if he went to ucf so seems rather odd well, that's about just throwing that out there <laughs> yeah well um all right let's jump into game of the week by the way i looked it up it is swords awards okay which is just i'm gonna I tweet guess. right now who decides cool. who swords awards um but yeah game of the week ucf softball it's it's insane the season they've had they're 42 and 11 they're 14 and 1 in the aac yet the fact like whether or not they're going to be the number one seed in the aac tournament is still up in the air it'll be decided next weekend or this weekend at wichita state who's 31 and 13 and 13 and 2 in the aac They'll play on Friday at seven, Saturday at two, and Sunday at one. Um, that's a massive se- series to close the season. I wonder if it was like almost planned that way because I think those those are the two teams in the conference final, conference tournament final last year. To um, so me, again, either way, I think UCF's obviously in a position where they're going to be an at large regardless. But you want to just have them in the best situation possible to win the conference tournament and get a conference championship. 
But either way, I mean, what a season it's been. They just swept Tulsa over the weekend, I believe, um, and had a big senior day. Really, really great season um, overall. But with that, we'll jump into your tweet of the week, which is un undoubtedly going to be uh, – it's going to be something. Tweet of the week. If you're listening to the start of this podcast, it's about the Cincinnati stuff. So I, I'm not, I don't have a specific tweet for tweet of the week. I have a general theme, which was because somehow what I tweeted turned into Desmond Ritter versus Mackenzie Milton, which is literally not a debate anywhere in the world, except in Cincinnati, Ohio. And like, it's laughable. I, I can't believe they actually not only talked themselves into that, but truly, I mean, their 247 writer tweeted it just astounding to me. But my favorite thing was, I am not exaggerating when I say I got like literally 30 plus replies of people saying, okay, well, Desmond Ritter got drafted and Mackenzie Milton didn't. So that settles it. You know, you know what Desmond Ritter didn't have? He didn't almost lose his leg to amputation in a dislocation so bad that there was no pulse in his leg, that it was almost literally amputated. And that kept him off the football field for two years. And that even when he came back was still a daily pain and problem. So uh, he didn't have that. But oh, he got drafted, and Milton. It's also didn't. just. It's also just not the conversation. It's not. I. I just. But like the idea that first off, a what a player does in college and NFL are separate to me. Like I like your college legacy isn't affected by what you do in the NFL. Like Desmond Ritter can go on to be a superstar. He can never start a game. It doesn't change what he did at Cincinnati. But the fact that they lasered in on well, Milton didn't get drafted and just glossed over that he had one of the most gruesome injuries in the last yeah. decade of collegiate athletics and it was supposed to be a career ender it was a miracle that he got back on a football field like ha he didn't get drafted i just like what are you supposed to do with that I, what are you supposed to do with people who are like that i wouldn't be surprised if a good majority of these cincinnati fans didn't even know that because they just started following cincinnati football in 2020 you make and a good point because listen man i've been see i've been keeping up with cincinnati as long as they've been in the aac and that stadium has been dead as hell until about a year and a half ago not even because yeah. there was COVID. So really just this past year, they discovered they had fans. Yeah. And so I, that wouldn't surprise me. That actually makes a lot of sense. To be could, could be what it was because it's just, it's horrible. And I saw, I think it was, I don't know if he was a Cincinnati fan. I saw somebody reply. I don't know if he was Cincinnati or an FSU fan or somebody who was a Cincinnati fan lives in Tallahassee, whatever it was, was saying something like how Mackenzie Milton's one of the worst quarterbacks he's ever seen play at FSU. Again, glossing over the fact that he was coming off of two years of not playing football because he almost lost his leg. Which it's also word from the FSU writers at the time was that the leg was bothering him a lot throughout the season. I mean, there yeah. was, there were times where it, you know, he could barely use that leg. And, you know, it's like, you know, it, like I said, the goal for Milton and it was freaking amazing was to get back on. A, I mean, he played in a game after yeah. that injury. That's insane. So I pulled up and I tweeted it from the Orlando Sentinel. They did an interview with the doctor who treated Milton and that he said that, Right after the injury happened, when they were going for surgery, Milton was like, am I going to play? Again? And the doctor said to him, my priority isn't for you to play again. My priority is just to make sure you still have your leg when you wake up from surgery. Yeah. And he said, my secondary priority is that I can try to make this leg pain-free and that you can use it in a normal way. Anything anything past that is in God's hands. And Cincinnati fans are, I didn't get drafted. Like, I just, what, yeah, like, what, what a bunch of losers. Like, I just, it's I crazy. That's why I just, and I've always been like this, I guess, and or not always, but I kind of keep that policy now is where I just, I don't like to engage with other fan bases because they don't know anything. I think I'm legitimately going to take a break from the Cincinnati fans because it's also like, like you I say said, that, it, like you say that all the time. No, I think I am this time though because it's just, because it's just, it's, it just goes on and on. And they say, like, I like having, like, you know me, I'm an argumentative guy. I, I, that's probably come through on this podcast and I like having arguments <laughs> on Twitter. 
But like, I always try to base what I'm talking about in fact. I always come at people with stats and info. And like, when someone replies to like, ha, idiot, no. It's just like, okay, like, I don't like, I, I don't know why I'm wasting my time on that. Like, I love talking sports, but that's not talking sports. That's just fans being really, really annoying. So right. I think I'm going to be done with Cincy fans for a while. It really we'll is. revisit when I do the Waffle House thing. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Um, yeah, wow. All right. Well, on that note, <laughs> we're going to close up here. And uh, I want to thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week, of course, with episode 73, talking about something. Uh, until then, you can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at Simmons, and at Night Sports Now. Once again, thank you guys so much for being with us, and we will talk to you next week. Bye, everybody.